Open your Bibles to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, we're going to look at verse 1. Hallelujah. So, you know, when you look at redemption, so redemption, do you realize this? It was the divine act of God that literally transferred you and I from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. That's what redemption did. We were redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. We were once and for all removed under the influence of darkness. And now we're forever in the kingdom. Now we're not under the influence of darkness. Actually, now we have authority over darkness. So positionally, we've changed. And the reason why is now we're in Christ, right? So this... This is so important that we see this. So in John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. It's the Greek word pros, the word with. It literally means the Word was face to face with God. Right? Now, the Word. In Revelation chapter 19, I think it's around verse 13, it talks about it gives the eternal name of Jesus. His name is the Word of God. So the Word was with God. The Word was God. In other words, you can never separate God from His Word. You can't do it. There's no possible way, right? God and His Word are forever one, right? So if that's the case, then the Bible now is the vital link between you and I and God, right? This is, this is how we're going to know God. It's so important. How, how do we come into this deep and intimate knowledge of him? It's through his word, right? And you guys have heard me say this. Becoming word conscious will cause you to become God conscious, which will enable you to be righteous conscious. You must know that you have been made the very righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. You were made the, uh, the very righteousness of Almighty God where? In Christ. All the promises of God are in Christ, yes, and in Christ, amen, or in Christ, so be it unto me. Everything is in Christ, okay? So let's keep reading this. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, talking about Jesus, and without him was not anything made that was made. Look at this. In him was life, and the life was the development or was the light of men. That word light in the Greek language means the development of men. In other words, the life that is in Christ Jesus is what causes you and I to grow spiritually, right? This is, this is how, in other words, how I become, how I grow in my awareness of intimacy with God, how I walk with him it's got to be through his word, right? 
If you look at the Gospel of John, the word life is the key that unlocks the whole divine side of redemption. It's always about life. The whole gospel, that's the key word. It's the key word in John's gospel. So it it says here in verse 14, and the word was made flesh. Or in other words, in the Greek language, it would read like this. And the word took upon himself flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Wow, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace full of truth. Isn't that a powerful statement? We beheld his glory. If you have notes, you should write this down. Goodness or glory equals goodness and power. Because the glory of God is the very presence of God. Everything is wrapped up in his goodness. I'm, I'm, I, I'm really excited about the series that we're starting on Sunday about the goodness of God. So now we see this. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And then in verse 4, in him, in him was life. So in Christ is life, and that's where you and I are to walk. We're to walk in him. Okay, so go over to Acts 17, Acts chapter 17, and let's look at verse 28. Acts chapter 17 in verse 28. It says that the first half of this verse, it says, for in him we live. Say this with me, I live live in him. In him we live. We move. So say this with me. I move in him. It says here, and in him we have our being. Say, I have my being in him. Everything about you is in him. Right? So a Christian trying to live outside of him is like a fish trying to live out of water, right? Have you ever put a fish, thrown them on the the land? Notice they don't jump up and just kind of walk around and play. What do they do? They flop around, right? You know what that looks like. Have you ever flopped around? Every time you look, every time you're not living in him, you're mindful of natural things, and you get your eyes off Jesus, what happens? You start flopping around. Why? Because you're not made to live like that. You start feeling stress. You start worrying. There's toil. There's fear. All of these are foreign to who you are in Christ. It's in him that we live and move and have our very being. So now jump over to the book of Colossians. Look at, let's look again at Colossians chapter 3. Or I think it's 3. I, no, I think it's 2. Go to, go to Colossians. Let me see here. I don't think it's 3-6. I think it's 2-6. I've got too many scriptures going through me. Yep, it's not 3-6. Go to 2-6. There we go. Look at this. So we're to walk. We're to live, move, have our being in him. In him is life. And then now look at what it says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. 
it says, as you have therefore received Christ, as you've received Christ Jesus, how did you receive him? Through faith. As you've received him, which I received him through faith, it says here, as you therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. So in other words, as you have received him, you walk in him that way. That's why the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Because you're to live in him. You're going to walk by faith. Why? Because you're going to walk in him. Right? The Bible tells us the only way we can walk in him is through faith. That's why we teach this, right? So now, given this, let's go over to Luke chapter 6. And let's look at Luke chapter 6 real quick. Luke chapter 6, I believe it's about in verse 46. Because Jesus says some interesting things. See, Luke 6, 46. So when you study God's word, when you meditate in God's word, it produces wisdom and insight into the things of God, right? Right? And as you, as you walk and as you study the word, as you meditate in the word of God, what comes out of that is wisdom and insight into the things of God, which, what does that do? It brings peace, the very peace of God, into your life. So if you want to walk in the peace of God, which you already have been given, but if you want to walk in it, you need wisdom and insight into the things of God, which only comes one way, it comes by studying, which we call really meditating in the Word of God. Okay? So these are some principles that are so important. So, verse 46 here. And why call you me good, or I'm sorry, and why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? That was kind of surprising to Jesus. Why would you call me Lord if you don't do what I say? Because if you don't do what he says... You're not living like he's your Lord, right? See, there's a lot of people that think that, well, you know, John 3.16 says, uh, you know, whoever believes, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. They're like, yeah, I believe Jesus is God. I'm good. I'm going to heaven. God is the father of us all. No, God is not the father of every human being on this planet. You know that? Do you know who the father of those who have not received Christ, you know who he is? Satan. Right? And, and, but you're like, well, now wait a minute, Pastor. The Bible says believe. Yeah, but what does that Greek word believe mean? It should read like this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would commit their life to following him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's hard to even say in this environment because that freaks people out. That'll make people mad. Oh, wait a minute. Now you're talking about works, Pastor. No, no, no. No, we don't work for salvation, but if you're saved, you're, you're going to work out salvation, right? So we, we got to really look at this. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and what? And does them... I'll show you whom he is like. Now, this is talking about the doer of the word. 
Jesus is going to go, the person who hears and does my sayings, who actually does it, I'm going to show you who he's like. And this is going to give you a picture of what it looks like to walk in Christ. And this is why this is so thrilling and so exciting, right? So many people, I remember, you know, being in youth ministry, man, you'd always get asked that question. So where's the line? Like, where's the line? You know, if this is, this is I'm in and this is I'm out, where, where? I would tell young people, I'm like, why are you asking this question? Don't even ask this question. You don't even want to think about living close to the line. Because in is life, out is death. You want to be all in with life, right? Well, look at what Jesus says right here. Look at this. Whoever comes to me, look at this. First of all, what do they have to do first? Whoever comes to me. So they first have to come. They have to make a decision. I'm going to come to Jesus. I think I'm looking at a lot of people that have made that decision, right? Now, I'm looking at some people, I'm sure, that haven't quite made that decision in a couple areas, maybe, right? If, you, if you're not ready to forgive somebody, you're like, oh, I haven't quite made that. But I'm here to encourage you tonight, be all in, because it's life. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings, see, if you don't come to him, you're not going to hear his sayings. And does them. So there's three things. I must come to him, I come, I hear his sayings, and then I make a choice to do them. Look at this. Jesus says, I'm going to show you to whom he's like. He's like a man which built a house, digged deep, and laid the foundation on a rock. Well, what's the rock? I mean, when Jesus took his disciples to the temple of pan right there's this big cave i've been there it was a temple to the god of pan they would do they would sacrifice human sacrifices they would sacrifice babies this big cave right next door to it right in the mountain itself was called the gates of hell okay and and no rabbi in his right mind would ever bring his disciples it was out of the way. He, no rabbi would have brought his disciples there. Jesus took his disciples on a journey, brought him right there because he wanted to show them something. And, and, look, and in that whole interaction, what did Jesus say? So who do men say that I am? Right? Oh, some Elijah, some Jeremiah, you know, whatever. Yeah, but, but Jesus is like, who do you say that I am? And then Peter just jumps up and says, hey, you are the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus goes, listen, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven's revealed this to you. And, unto, and upon this rock, theologians think the rock is Peter. Man, go back to your little Greek class in seminary. Peter means Petros, right? It's, a, it's like a little pebble. But this word rock, or I think it, it, the Greek word for Peter means pebble. But the word rock means like, it's like Petra. It's a massive mountain. Well, what is, the, what is the rock? It's the same rock he's talking about here. The rock is a revelation knowledge of who Jesus is. Jesus is saying, 
I'm going to build my church on a revelation knowledge of who I am as the Christ. And because of that, the gates of hell will never prevail against the church. Guys, we're living at the end of the end. We're going to see some crazy stuff and some glorious stuff. We're going to probably see the craziest things that any, any generation of the church has ever seen in the midst of seeing the most glorious things that we've ever... We're going to see danger that's unprecedented and unprecedented supernatural angelic safety. Right? I mean, we're going to see some big things, but this is what he's talking about. You dug deep. How did you dig deep? By putting the word first. You came to Jesus. You, you came to hear him with a willingness to do his word. And then you made a choice to crucify your flesh and do it. You're like somebody who dug deep and you laid the foundation of your life upon the revelation knowledge of who Jesus is. And then look at what it says. And when. Darn it. I wish it would have said if. Right? But it said when. So this is coming to everybody. And when the flood arose, when the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it because it was founded upon a rock, walking in Christ causes you to be fixed and immovable in your life. The enemy can't move you. That means the enemy's not taking you out with sickness and disease. He's not bringing poverty and lack into your life, right? And if it's there, he's, it's got to leave because you will not fear. You're not going to be stressed. You put all your trust in the Lord. You're living in him. And now God can literally perform his word unhindered in your life because you're not, you're not stopping him, right? This is what this is talking about. Have you ever noticed how much easier it is to talk about God than it is to actually have a time of prayer and talk to him, right? Have you, ever, have you ever really realized how much easier it is to read books about God versus sitting down, opening your Bible, and reading your Bible? So much easier to read about him than read the Bible. Why is that? Because Satan does not want you to read the Bible. Man, if I get a book and, and, it, and it goes very long without scripture, I throw it out. Because this is what I'm interested in right here. Because this is life. Now, if somebody has done a lot of study and they're rightly dividing the word and that book will actually open up revelation knowledge of scripture, I'm all in on that deal. But if it's just written because somebody wanted to write a book, right? Did you notice some of these books are great when the first thing comes out? Prayer of Jabez comes out and it's awesome. But by the prayer of Jabez for my second cousin's mother's cat that passed away, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not into that anymore, right? Right? We got to live in the word of God. This is huge, right? It's, it's gigantic. God wants you immovable. Isaiah 53 says that. In righteousness, you'll be fixed and immovable, right? You'll be far from oppression because you will not fear. From terror, it will not come near you. 
No weapon formed against you will prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you'll condemn it. This is your heritage as a child of God, right? And God says what? And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. That's Isaiah 54. It's a powerful passage of scripture. So let's jump over. Let's go to John. John chapter 8. I feel like I've been reading this scripture in almost every service. Verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. So these were already Jewish people that believed on Jesus. And what did he say to them? If, 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 if. Notice the decision is theirs. If you'll continue in my word, continue. If you'll remain, if you'll abide, and if you'll endure in my word, you will be my disciples. And it says this, and you shall know revelation knowledge, know, gain, gain revelation knowledge of the truth. We know from John 17, 17, his word is truth. If you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed. You'll know the truth or you'll know the word and the truth or the word will make you free. Right? This is so very important. Knowing God's word is knowing his will. And it is the truth that you know that's, that's the truth that's going to make you free. You could say it this way. It's the truth that you see. Because revelation knowledge, you see the word. It's the truth that you see that'll make you free. Wow. Is that prophetic? It rhymes. Right? Just joking. John chapter 14. Look at this. John chapter 14 in verse 21. Now remember, what are we talking about? We're talking about walking in him, right? It says here, John 14, let me find the verse. Verse 21, it says, He that hath my commandments. That word hath means he that holds my commandments. That's that Greek word. And keeps them. That means I'm not only holding the commandment, but I'm watching, I'm guarding the commandment. I'm, I'm continuing in the commandment. I'm obeying it. I'm keeping my eye on it. Right? He that holds my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my father. Isn't that interesting? First John tells us, we love him because he first loved us. Now this is saying, if we love him, he will love us. Is that a contradiction? No. Because if you don't continue in the word, and your eyes are not on Jesus, you are living for yourself. There's no middle ground, and you are holding him out of reach. God cannot violate your will, right? Have you ever 
Do you have anybody in your life that you love them, but because of a choice that they've made, they want nothing to do with you? You, you can't love them. I mean, you love them, but you can't show forth that love because they won't have anything to do with you. It's the way it is with God. You draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Well, wait, why do I have to go first? Oh, no, 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 you didn't go first. He went first. 2,000 years ago, he went first. Right? He did everything for you. So this is what this is talking about. But keep going with this. He that... it's. He that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him. And look at this. What does God loving you look like? And I will manifest myself, manifest myself to him. Wow. I will uncover and reveal and make known myself to him. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Part of this word manifest means to make visible. The invisible God wants to make himself visible to you. Yes, he does. Visible in your healed body, visible in healed relationships, visible in the blessing of God working in your life. Have you ever, have you ever run into a situation in your life and you just went, wow, God, you did that? Right? It's amazing. When we get to heaven, I think people are going to walk around going, wow, wow. First of all, they might be going, oh, yeah, now I understand that one, right? When we're down here thinking, why didn't he move? Why, is he, why did he allow this? Why? And, right? And notice God never answers that, right? It's because of the attitude of a person's heart. Why, God? No. Go to God and go, hey, Father, I don't understand this. This happened in my life. Can you show me why? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like my grandson. Get me water. That will ensure one thing that's not going to happen. <laughs> Papa is not getting up and getting you water, right? Papa with those little eyes. Could you, could you please get me? You're such a good Papa. Can you get me a glass of water? Absolutely, baby. I'll go get you a glass of water. Right? God, I'm mad at you. I don't understand this. And you better tell me. Yeah. Nope. He's just going to keep trying to woo you to get you in the right place so that he can tell you. Because the invisible God wants to manifest himself. Who's he going to manifest himself to? Those that love him. Right? So obedience is a big part of walking in him. Yeah, but I just want to do my own thing. You can. Is there anybody here that has really enjoyed doing their own thing? I mean, I got to tell you, no. Moments of pleasure, a lot more nonsense after that, right? Because the wages of sin is death. God knows that. So now let's go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. You guys doing okay? This is starting to come together a little bit. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. That means it's, it's profitable to teach and instruct you. Okay? 
It's also profitable for reproof. Reproof. It's, it's profitable to convict you, to expose something to you that you're not seeing that you're doing wrong. The word of God will expose a behavior that you're doing that's not good. It's, it, what, it'll expose it to you. Notice you don't need other people to do that, right? The word of God will do that. If you walk in Christ, the word will tell you where you're missing it. And you'll want to know if you're walking in Christ because you won't be about yourself, right? But also, it doesn't stop there. It's also profitable for correction. This means it will not only show you what, what you're missing and what you're doing wrong, it'll expose something, It'll show you how to correct it and straighten it up. And it will also instruct you in righteousness. It will teach you how to walk as a righteous child of God. Don't put up with that. You're righteous. Get that out of your life. You have authority over that. You're righteous. You have been given my name. Use it. Oh, God, please take this mountain out of my life. God's up there going... I already provided a way. I gave you my name. Now it's your turn. Do it. Use my name. Believe me, and I'll move the mountain. But if you're not willing to do your part, God can't do his part. Right? He watches over his word to perform it. But if his word is not coming out of your mouth, there's nothing to perform. That's why we must walk in him. Everything is in him. Right? And it says here, the word of God, scripture is given to us. Why? Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, thoroughly qualified, thoroughly fresh unto all good works. That's, isn't that amazing? The word of God does this. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. In him, or in the word, is life. Verse 4. And the life was the light of men. Now we see the word of God is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and to instruct us in righteousness. So now let's jump over to Hebrews chapter 4. Let's look at verse 12. See what else the word of God does for us. Hebrews chapter 4 in verse 12. Look at this. It says in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick. That means it's full of life. In him was life. The word is full of life. Right? I love this. For the word of God is quick. It's full of life. And it's powerful. This word powerful means it's active and it's effective. What that means is it's going to go deal with the root of the problem. It's not going to deal with symptoms. So let the word do what the word does. Because you might be feeling really bad because of the symptoms. Oh God, just give me more money. No brother, more money is just, you're, you're not going to get out of the mess. Because the mess is not a lack of money it's the spirit of poverty and the spirit of lack in your life. 
we got to deal with the spirit and the word of God will go right to the root and kill the root. Remember Jesus, he cursed the fig tree and it was dried up from the root. If you look at the way Jesus operated, it was always from the unseen to the seen. He spoke to the wind and then he told the sea to calm down. Unseen, seen. It's just the way it works. Because the spiritual realm is the root of all the problems. Spiritual death, sin, poverty, lack, demonic powers, all this stuff is the root. And the word of God is quick and it's active and it's effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. So now it's going to explain some things. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. In other words, the only thing that's going to tell you when you look at a circumstance, what is me and what is God, or what is God, the word will tell you that. So that's why you must live and walk in Christ. Or another way to say that is I must walk in the word, in it. I, I don't, the word of God is not a hotel for me. It's my house. I live in the word. I don't have moments of revelation knowledge. If, the, if, if revelation knowledge, if the word ever stops speaking to me, I know I'm in trouble. I'm dropping everything and going back to the word. Because I have to, if the word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, I want to always be lit, right? When we were youth pastors, the church we were in, it, had, it was an office thing and it had an indoor uh, racquetball court. Really nice one. So you had this glass back wall and three solid walls, no windows. So Jeanette and I had this wonderful idea. Oh, pillow fights. We do all night thing. But pillow fights, you know, that's a little boring. What about strobe light pillow fights? Now, we made a mistake at first by using too heavy of pillows. Because here's the thing that happens in a strobe light, and that's just a youth pastor thing. You know, you, you do things, and you're like, yikes, I'm glad nobody died. Okay, let's try this again. That's why youth ministers, you must pray, right? So, so you turn this strobe light on, and if it's going really fast, you think you're ducking away from somebody, but you don't realize you're moving right into it. And they just wipe you out. But then what happens as you get fewer people that are left, what we would do is turn it way down. So you'd see this person just drooling, like, I'm going to kill you with this pillow. And they're there. And then the light goes out. And then they're there. And then they're there. And wah, right? That's how some Christians live. That's why you get into fear sometimes. Right? Because you're walking in light, and then all of a sudden you walk in darkness. And you're like, whoa. No, no, we're talking about how to walk in the light. See, fear is a spirit. The reason why so many Christians are afraid is because they're not walking in the light. Right? Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the wiles of the devil. Right? Somebody, see, stand against, what that means is to survey the battlefield. Listen, somebody might look big and bad here, but if you get up on a higher perspective, you see it as it really is. And all, what the word will do, it'll elevate you, and all of a sudden, 
that demonic situation that seems so big and bad, you're looking at it going, wait a minute, that's it, oh, okay, there, done. But when you're down here, it might look so big. That's why a lot of people walk in fear. They're not walking in light. That's why they worry. That's why they're stressed, right? It divides asunder soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Look at this. It is a discerner. In other words, it causes you to see and know what? The thoughts and the intents of your heart. Hmm. And that's talking about your soulish realm, your mind. It will cause you to know the thoughts and intents of your mind. Is this really a desire from God or is this just something I want to do? Do I have a blind spot because I'm in pride? I'm, I'm going to do this and I don't care. I know, have you ever, see, in our circles, here's the good news about our church. You are going to hear the word of God under the anointing and the love of God. Here's the bad news about our church. You're going to hear the word of God under the anointing and the love of God. So you're going to know God's love, unlimited mercy. But don't take that unlimited mercy. Listen, you still, God doesn't want you to experience any death. Does that make sense? And, and have you ever done this? I know the word says this, but I don't care. I'm doing this. Has that ever turned out well for you? It doesn't ever turn out well, right? Thank God that when you mess up, aren't you glad that you serve? Your heavenly father can clean up any mess that you make. And he's willing to do it. He doesn't go, okay, Tony, that's it. Listen, if anybody would have wore that out, I probably would have wore that out. I didn't even come close to wearing that out. He just cleans up the mess. Once you come to him and give him the mess. Now, it would be much better to grow up and so you don't have the messes. And if you walk in Christ, guess what? All of a sudden, you'll start noticing messes will be disappearing all over the place. So this is huge. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God. And we got to walk in Christ. Walk in the word. So go to Psalm 19. Let's go to Psalm chapter 19, verse 7. Psalm chapter 19, verse 7. If you've gone to Job, you've gone too far, right? Now, in the Old Testament, it will call the word of God the law because that's what they had back then. It says in verse 7 of chapter 19 of Psalms, it says the law of the Lord, or we could say it as New Testament believers, the word of God is perfect. Converting the soul. The word of God will convert your soul. That sounds a lot like Romans 12 too, doesn't it? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renovation, right? of your mind, your soulish realm. James says the implanted word, when you put the word of God down in your spirit, it will bring salvation to your soulish realm. But the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, 
making wise the simple. Now, when you see the word simple, especially in the book of Psalms or Proverbs, you know what that word simple means? Stupid. Right? I, I, I'm so glad that if I'm ever stupid in an area, I could become wise like that. It's not like a long progression, right? Right? Do you know the, the Holy Spirit won't even have to tell you? Your own spirit will go, well, that was stupid. <laughs> or you know what? You're acting stupid. Your own spirit says that. You, you're, your spirit's going, what are, what are you doing? Tony, what are you doing? Right? You're letting a little dog mess with you. Right? You drop something out of your hand for the third time, and it's going to ruin your day. Are you kidding me? Pull the pacifier out of your mouth. Right? But the testimony of the Lord, look at this, is sure. It makes wise the simple. The testimony of the Lord. Wow. I say, if that's true, then why don't we all have testimony services every day in our life? It will keep me wise. What do I do? I walk around testifying of Jesus. Father, I thank you that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's going to take me from being stupid in an area to being wise in an area. Father, I thank you that you meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory. By, and it all comes to me by Christ Jesus. That's going to make me wise. See, when you're stupid or simple, simple means you could get stressed about nothing. Wise means nothing will ever stress you right? The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. You want your heart to rejoice? Live in the word of God. The commandments of the Lord are pure, and they will enlighten your eyes. They will enlighten which eyes? They will enlighten the eyes of your spirit, so you will look. What does the Bible say? We having the same spirit of faith, 2 Corinthians 4.13. We don't look at the things we can see, but we look at the things we can't see. Why would I do that? Well, because right here, the commandments of the Lord is pure. Or the commandment of the Lord is pure. It enlightens the eyes. So we're right here, Psalm 19. Let's just go to Psalm 119. Let's jump over there. You can't talk about the word without talking about Psalm 119, right? Look at verse 130. The entrance of your words give light. See, revelation knowledge of the word of God, it, it changes our thinking. It enlightens our thinking and literally it causes us to believe God. Revelation. It's revelation knowledge that will change your thinking and cause you to believe God, which is walking by faith. The entrance of his word, or you could say that word entrance means the opening of his word, gives light. It gives understanding. This, Greek, this Hebrew word understanding means it gives discernment and perception to the simple. Wow. Understanding if I were taking notes, in my Bible right here, it says understanding equals discernment, which equals seeing with your spirit. 
which means it's a deeper level of seeing. God wants you to see everything as it really is, not as it seems. And to do that, you have to have a deeper level of seeing. You must walk in revelation knowledge of the word. What is that? When the word is open to you and light comes out. We're to walk in light. We're children of the light. This is why Christians get so unhappy because they're not in the light. They're walking in darkness. And their own spirit is going, this is wrong on many levels. Right? This is so, so, so important. So now you're in verse 130. We've, we can't have that scripture without verse 105. So go back. It says, Thy word is a lamp to my feet, and it's a light unto my path. It's not a lamp and a light to everybody's path. It's a lamp and a light to my path. But don't you worry. Do you realize that God, this is what I love about the local church. He brings people from everywhere and plants them in a local body. And the gifts inside of all of us are necessary for the vision of this work of his to go forward. But what's really cool, although I can't walk out Leanne's path and she can't tell me and walk out my path, as we walk out our paths, we're fulfilling what God has. Right? I mean, do you realize God has brought all of us from everywhere for such a time as this? And this was no mistake. Right? So if you're ever unhappy with your pastor, take that up with God. Don't take that up with me. Because I'm not the one that planted you. Right? And I'm just going to think you love me. No, I know. I mean, I know you guys love me. But if a person didn't love me, they just need more information. It's all good, right? So this is, this is the lamp and the light. The word is light. As you walk in the light, that's what it means to walk in Christ. There is no darkness. I don't have a faith event. I live a life of faith. I don't have a revelation knowledge event. I have continuous revelation knowledge. It might be the same verse. You just keep going deeper and deeper, and then all of a sudden, something else and something else, and, and it's just wonderful, right? I mean, this is, this is how you walk in him. So now we're at verse 105. Let's look at verse 165. Let's start to see the effects of this word now as we're kind of coming a little bit downhill now. Verse 165. It says, great peace have they which love thy law. New Testament believer, great peace have they who love his word. And nothing shall offend them. Do you want to never, ever be offended? And listen, if you... If you know what, or you're going to know what this Hebrew word means. This Hebrew word offense means to be entrapped, tripped up, and caused to distrust who you should be trusting. When a person is offended, the Bible says a root of bitterness grows in them and they stain, they permanently stain those that they're around. That's why in the New Testament, Paul is saying, hey, don't have anything to do with people that are offended. It's sad 
in our current carnal church state, we can't do that because somebody gets offended and they just go somewhere else. Well, guess what? Guess what will happen? They'll get offended. Then they'll go somewhere else. I mean, maybe none of you have had the honor of God telling you this because you weren't the mess that I was. But one time the Lord had to tell me, Tony, I had to remove you from that church because the gifts that I placed in you come with them with a lot of influence. It's because he called me to do this. And he said, and you were hurting my work. Well, I never did that again. No, thanks. I don't want, well, how do, how do I keep, it's so easy to keep from being offended. Just love the word. How, how do you know if you love the word, you're doing it? You're coming to him, you're hearing, and you're obeying. Does that make sense? So, Selah, there we go. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So we're working our way back. Go to verse 9. Psalm 119, verse 9. King James starts out here, and it says, Wherewith? How shall a young man cleanse his way? How's a young person going to keep themselves clean? This even works. To be honest with you, it worked. You got to know this. Every young person better know this. Right? As a matter of fact, I would say, you know what? If 120 is the max, we're all pretty young. So maybe all of us should pay attention to this. How's a young man going to cleanse his way? How's he going to stay pure? How's he going to stay free from sin? It tells you right here. By taking heed according to your word. By taking heed to it. What does that mean? I come to Jesus, I hear him, and I make a decision to obey him. Right? With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. New Testament believer, Father, don't let me wander from thy commandments. Your spirit, the Holy Spirit will go, you're a New Testament believer. That's not how it works for you. You're born again. This is how you do it. Father, I thank you and I ask that you give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you so that the eyes of my understanding, this is Ephesians 1, so that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened and I would know the hope of your calling. Right? I don't have to ask God to keep me. He's already kept me. I'm his child. So now I have a place. I have the spirit of God in me. I, I have an ability to understand the word. I'm telling you guys, we can do this. With my whole heart I have, sought, have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from my com thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. That is, that is how you walk free from pornography. That is how you walk free from an eating disorder. Depression. Drugs. Alcohol. Smoking. Anything you want, lying, gossiping, being offended. This is the answer right here. You just foc don't focus on, I got to overcome this alcohol thing. Focus on, I'm going to hide your word in my heart. Put yourself in rehab. What does that mean? 
that, you know what, I'm a mess in this area, so that means every three hours I've got to be doing something with the Word of God. Or I just need to carry a scripture around with me all day and say it all day. Every time, every time the Holy Spirit reminds me, I need to take my medicine. Put myself, you realize right where you are, you could put yourself in an environment of the word of God that will literally cause everything to drop off of you because every problem in a person's life, if they're a child of God, their spirit is free. It's all in their mind. It's all strongholds in their mind that have maybe altered some balance levels in their body, but God will heal your body as he pulls that old junk out of your mind. And it's the word of God that will do it. You can go, I mean, look at this. I even got music playing. So you could, you could literally change everything in your life, right? You could literally change everything in your life. Dun, 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 right? <laughs> everything. I mean, every, can you preach? Can you say that in church? You could change everything by changing the way that you think. How do you do that? You don't try to change how you think. You let the word pull that out of you so all of a sudden you don't think that way anymore. Pastor, that's just too good to be true. But how do I do this? Look at this. Thy word have I hid. This, this just explodes in me. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Right? Boy, you got to go. go to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. We're just going to go a few more minutes. Hallelujah. This is too good to stop right now. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2. What time is it? It's 8.15. I told myself. All right. Hmm. See, God's words are not understood with your intellect. Right? God's words are grasped by your spirit as the Holy Spirit opens them to you. This is how it works. It's the Holy Spirit that teaches you the word of God. It's the Holy Spirit that uses the pen of your tongue to write the word of God on your heart. Or we could say on your mind. You, it, it's written on your spirit. It's written in your mind. Look at this. I'm going to start in verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking. Notice he's talking to Christians. You've got to lay it aside, but you have the ability to. As newborn babes desire, this means intensely crave the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Wow, we got to go to Jeremiah 15. Go to Jeremiah 15. This is so good. I'm so excited. Where is Jeremiah 15? There we go. Verse 16. Look at what the prophet said. Thy words, Jeremiah 15, 16. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. Your word, Father, is the joy and the rejoicing 
of my heart and your joy is my strength and I have joy by the answer of my mouth. So how do I walk in this? I've got to walk in the word. We've got to go to one more. Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Look at this. Let, this means allow, the words of Christ to dwell in you richly in all wisdom. You have to allow this. Oh, Father, I'm go- how, how do you do that? Father, I thank you for helping me. I am making a decision today to allow the word of Christ, the words of Christ, his word, to dwell Abide, remain in me richly. Right? I love this. God wants his word abiding in you richly. That's how we walk in Christ. We walk in the light of his word. And I'm telling you guys, I want to I encourage you in 2024. Man, you must have more and more and more of the word of God that you've ever had before. You must have it. Because God wants you to be a light in this world. He wants you to walk as Jesus walked when he was on the earth. And there is, see, it's, it's been backwards lately for us in the church to where the culture is affecting the church, but that we are the church, we are to affect the culture. And the world is crying for it, and they don't even know it. Do you know the Bible says the whole earth is yearning for the children of God to be revealed in the earth? Boy, I could tell you this, that's how come when I look at you, you look so beautiful, because you're righteous, you're holy, you're worthy, you're unblameable, you're unaccusable. When I look at you, I see Jesus because you are in him. Amen?